Welcome to Jersey Girls with Paige and Austin. I'm Paige. And I'm Austin. Hey, what's up? Girl, I am stressing. We have kindergarten coming up, and we have to go school supply shopping. <laughs> and I have no idea. I mean, granted, I have a list. I just don't like to actually shop in the store. I haven't ordered groceries. Like, I haven't got groceries in the store in years. I just order them, pick them up, or whatever. So I've got a little bit of anxiety about it, but also I just don't want to freaking do it. No. I just don't. I mean, I, yeah, no. No, I mean, okay, so... Oh, here we go. Okay. What's up with you, girl? <laughs> okay, well, first of all, I agree. I've ordered my groceries since the pandemic started. I Before, pre-pandemic, I was like, that's so dumb. Like, I have plenty of time. Like, who doesn't have time to go to the store? Me. Or energy girl, or motivation or desire. <laughs> I, I completely regret ever saying that, so I apologize to everyone who pre-pandemic ordered their groceries because, like, 100%, you were on to something. Yeah. Okay? I went to the store for the first time last weekend, like, since this all went down, and it was awful. It was terrible. So and I was really thirsty, so I bought a lot of beverages. <laughs> girl, I left with so many drinks. I were you the liquor store? <laughs> I wish. That would have been more fun. But, no, so we went to... Um, uh, Target last night and I was like okay you know what we always wait too late mm. we always go too late and like they have nothing literally Shit, you're like scrounging and then girl and then he's like you gotta go like four different places I almost went to Office Max okay, okay honestly so you're saying I'm behind <laughs> no I'm not it was just like I go I go and like they were still already out of glue sticks right but I get all the things you know my daughter she's kind of bouge okay mm, like I I she that. must get that from I love that for her um but she's like just throwing it in the cart. And she needs some new clothes, right? She's growing like a weed. So mm. it's like, okay, and Target, you know, they got cheap clothes. So I was like, okay, let's Such do it. Let's kill stuff. two birds with one stone. I don't even want to tell you how much money We weren't even going to talk about it. Did you Girl. credit card? Nah, I get it. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> I was like, you know what? I'm not even, don't even, I was like up there, the cashier's about to tell me my tone. I'm like, don't, just, just don't, don't even, just don't just even tell me. Just run the card. It's just, you know, we just got to do it, you know? Yeah, and then we went to Academy, got some shoes, and again, it was three pairs of shoes. I had to get her cleats. Her cleats don't fit. Sheesh. I had to get her tennis shoes. And then this girl, I said, okay, we're going to get cleats and tennis shoes. I said, go pick out your shoes. I'm thinking like some running shoes, you know, some mm -hmm. recess. Yeah. She comes back with these nice-ass Nikes, no. crisp, clean, white Nikes. And she's like, mom, but I need these. And oh, I'm like, no. So I bought them. Well, naturally. Um, <laughs> with another pair of tennis shoes. So we just ended up having to get three pairs. Of, oh, and girl. Fine. And she said, but can I, I only get this many shoes? Like, I want a third, I want another pair. it made sense. I get that. Ooh. You know, I was like, you're right. You're She's right. Killing me. We do She's need three pairs of shoes. Me. So, you know. Just keep the receipt in case she outgrows them before she gets to <laughs> Right, right, right. That's before she gets holes in them. Because right. that's oh, what happens girl. in kickball. She literally only the right shoe has holes in them from kickball. Oh, I'm like, honey, gosh. can you play a different sport on the playground? It's the leggings. Else? I will buy oh, 20 leggings. pairs of plain black leggings because she wears them every day. Oh, they're her dress or just whatever. Yeah. And brand new ones, holes in the knees. I'm like, what? Mom, I'm just playing it recently. Like, mm -hmm. Whatever, you know. I get that. I was that way too. So you know, like, oh and at God. Target they have the durable knee. Lies, that's not durable. They sit on the throne of lies. Unless you are like engraving like aluminum mesh into those knees, I don't think. I don't think they're gonna last. They're lying to you, and they're lying to me, and they're lying to all of us. They all lies. Take our money, and trust me, and they took mine. Yeah. So Target hurt yourself. <laughs> that's what you're saying. <laughs> Although I, I did have fun. Yeah. Well, I just Target so. <laughs> 
Okay, so today's guest is an honorary Jersey girl, a certified USATF level one track and field coach who has been coaching youth track in Wichita for over two decades through an organization he started called the Wichita Athletics Track Club. He's also track coach at Southeast High School, an award-winning broadcast journalist, a member of the Real Men, Real Heroes organization, the man who coined the two-minute warning in the KWCH newsroom, and an awesome person and friend. Welcome, John Wright. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks. Uh, that was awesome. Appreciate it. Good Welcome. to be here. So today we wanted to have you because, I mean, we personally, okay, first of all, let me just start off with this story, John. I ran track in middle school, okay? I ran the 1600 because you know I'm a distance runner, okay? Natural, Ooh. natural distance runner. Played soccer. I uh, I got second to last in every single race. Oh, my god! <laughs> second to last. One time I won a medal, and it was at a meet my mom and dad couldn't go to. And I was like, Mom, Dad, I got third place, but there are only four girls. <laughs> I said, they didn't believe you, huh? <laughs> so um, That's awesome. Track, I love watching it. I think it's, like, amazing when I see people out there running and the field events, the jumping. Man, I have no vertical. So tell me kind of how you got involved with track and then uh, further how you started this program. Well, I got involved with track when my oldest son uh, turned, uh, I want to say seven, if I can remember back that far. Uh, but first, um, we started, well, he started running uh, around the school uh, close to our, our initial home. And we looked at each other, my wife Karen and I looked and said, hey, he, we might have something here. I mean, he just didn't run up and down the sidewalk, but he ran around the school. So we had to look to find a, a neighborhood club, and we did. It was called uh, Wichita Skia. And uh, at that time, uh, Sherell Foote, a senior, uh, was part of that club, and he founded that club. And uh, he welcomed us in, and uh, we, uh, my son ran with him. I'll say we. I, I was not running. Uh, my son was doing all the running. But uh, he did qualify um, on a four by four team at a young age. And I, I should have brought the picture uh, with me, but um, he did qualify and we stayed with him for a few years. And, and then uh, I would say about three or four years later, uh, decided to uh, grow my own team. And uh, we did that in 1992 and uh, we've been rolling ever since. And it all started uh, with my son and his friends and uh, by the time they reached high school, we had a group for about 20, 25. Um, those kids are really, uh, they really did uh, put up with a lot of inexperience um, <laughs> at the time. Uh, we, we did, uh, you know, the, the, the routine uh, coaches uh, clinics and that sort of thing. But putting that knowledge into practice is what uh, uh, we had to learn how to do. So. Uh, if any mistakes were made, they can blame me, but uh, we, they got us through and they were my guinea pigs um, for a long time. And some of them still are. And the best thing is um, the kids um, that went through the program still come back and um, they still have uh, great memories, travel, practice and the socialization. It, it, it's just been fantastic. Yeah. And what keeps you going um, with this program? Because I know your kids are grown. So what I mean, what's yeah, your motivation? Why, why do you keep it? continuing to put into it? That's that's huge. Well, I, I tell you, it's a situation that you find a, you find your lane. Mm -hmm. Since we're talking about track, you <laughs> find your lane and you stay in it. Um, 
I did, of course, the basketball. I did the football. My oldest, uh, all three of my sons played football. Um, they ran uh, track, uh, did basketball. And then the, my last son, he seemed to, the oldest son, he went to college on a track scholarship. And the middle one went, went basketball and football. And then the youngest went, to, he tried them all and settled up in track. Uh, so he got through uh, Langston University. Um, both of them did uh, graduate. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, so that, I thought I was done. <laughs> but then I, I, I started giving messages about, Coach Wright, are you still doing uh, your track team? And so the older kids that we had in that first group started having their children and then their friends started finding out about it. And so it just became a passion. And then after uh, a length of time, it became a mission that I, that I felt was um, a path that I was put on and I just can't let it go. There'll be a time when um, there'll, there'll be that moment then it's time to turn things over and uh, sit back and watch what you develop. But at this point, I'm um, still feeling good. The passion is still there. The fire is still there. Uh, the kids are still coming and we got a great group of kids and they, they really work because no one goes out running 100 degree plus temperatures for their coach. <laughs> right. Now they may like me and some of them may not, but they must have the fire and the passion that I've found uh, that exists within the sport to put yourself through that. And, you know, I look at basketball, I look at football, uh, some other athletics events, and they're tough. But track, to me, whether you're doing a distance run or a sprint or, or any type of uh, skill set in track, that's the toughest because there's no, there's no one else, generally, unless you want a relay team, to look for. It's on you. Yeah. So if you don't get it done, there's only one person that you can look in the mirror and say, well, I didn't get it this time, maybe next time, but it takes a certain type of person to uh, participate in athletics. Yeah, to really carry that weight of, well, I can, I, you know, in any sport, I can rely on my teammates, but uh, on this one, yeah. it's me. Yeah. I'm the, I'm yeah, the one to make the change. I have to grow. I have to adjust. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what it is. And you have to be open to new concepts and the uh, training, depending on, uh, whatever skill set it is with, you know, hurdles, uh, long jump, uh, triple, um, the, the distance race or a straight sprint. Um, and the kids, oh, this feels funny. This feels weird. I, I haven't done it like that, you know, uh, because there's certain mechanics that you have to master to mm -hmm. develop. And then you have to keep working on it. It's nothing that you're going to get right away. Yeah. Everyone's looking for that perfect jump, perfect sprint, perfect distance time. And so it's it's elusive. Yeah, you can get great that we've seen at the World Games in uh, Trek Town in uh, Eugene, Oregon. But those athletes, yes, they attain a certain uh, level of perfection. But then they're always thinking, well, what can I do next in my sport or maybe try a different sport? So mm -hmm. it, it just depends on on the repetition and, of course, coaches and, and what you feel that you can put into the sport. Yeah. Yeah, and that's one thing I like about track is that every event is so different and unique. Even yeah. if you look at the sprinting events, you know, you take a 100 differently than a 400. And so how do you approach that as a coach? Well, um, you, you, you coach the athletes you have. Mm -hmm. uh, we don't recruit anyone. Um, at this point, I, 
I would say he used to go to Walmart and look for kids who look like sprinters and then you can see everybody at Walmart. But uh, anymore, we, we don't uh, we don't recruit. Uh, it's word of mouth. Um, over the years, we've managed to be successful. And so that alone and then the kids, they do most of their recruiting. They bring their friends and um, we have a really good culture that we've built. And as far as the, the events themselves, uh, you find people who are knowledgeable. Uh, you go to the coaches' clinics, especially now since I'm at the high school level at Wichita Southeast. You know, there's some required uh, coaching clinics that um, we had to attend, and it was very, very well done. Uh, a lot of information, and then being out there, and of course, once you're away from it. It kind of consumes you. You're watching YouTube. You're, you're watching other coaches and leaning off of their their knowledge. And then the big the big key is to transform that knowledge from what you have or your coaches into the kids. And if the kids can grasp it over time, then they'll see development. And of course, in track, it's, uh, it's about your personal best or your your uh, personal records and, and everything else to show that growth. And it, it takes a combination of listening well and as a coach, not saying very much because you have to find that you have to be more of a listener, although we do have to teach um, because you have to listen to feedback from your athlete to make sure that they're getting what they need to be successful. Now, when we do these type of things, uh, the athlete either says, hey, coach, I, I need to work on my corner or I need to work on my block work so I can get out fast or uh, coach, am I placing my foot in the right spot for the jumps? Uh, so for me, anyway, it's more listening than actually talking and um, blowing my whistle every time we have to do a, a rep. So we get good feedback from the kids. And there, and now, um, now that we have the video, um, we're also doing a lot more video than we have done in the past so the kids can get instant feedback because as you know um is it professor feichert now or is it <laughs> dr feichert? So, Not so, doctor so, doctor so, yeah, so, so as you know you, you learn you learn different so some are audible some are visual and mm -hmm. so they they grasp it and, and they can go from there yeah that's awesome yeah yeah i i love track i love that that it's very um diverse in a way that you don't have to be traditionally athletic to do track. You could excel in other forms and still be successful in track. I just that's why I feel like in middle school, I did track. I did the hundred meter, the relays, but I also did shot put. I did all kinds of things. I was never going to do long distance. I could tell you that right now. <laughs> and I tried high jump. I'm not sure whose idea that was because I have zero vertical whatsoever no um, vertical. but I, that's why i like track i just felt like anybody could really do it because you you could work different muscles and it's just different parts of your body and it's just so diverse yeah. and that's true and it doesn't matter where you come from right what you look like there's something that anyone and everyone can do in track and field mm -hmm. um especially if you have the god-given talent yeah uh, but you know what the old saying is, you know, if talent, talent, the hard work beats talent, if talent don't work hard. Yeah. So, but everything, in, in, to answer your question, speed can be learned. It's, yeah. it's people, people say, oh, well, if you don't have the God-given speed, you're not going to go fast. 
that's not necessarily true. There are certain things you can do. As I tell our kids, I can help you go as fast as your body would allow you to go. Now, these sprint mechanics, uh, techniques, and all these things have to fit, of course, but you can only go as fast as your body and how you work on those different skill sets. So we started the basics. We, you know, your foot placement, uh, your um, conditioning to whatever event it's going to be. And the best thing about athletics, track and field can help the basketball, the football, the volleyball. Mm -hmm. It's a great base for all the other sports to football, especially football, because it's more power based and explosive than football. And so um, that's where we start ground zero and we build from the foot up. Now people say, well, wait a minute. I thought they had to understand it. Well, you can understand it, but if you can't perform it, if you can't move and how do you move, you move on one foot. Oh, mm -hmm. coach, wait a minute. You got two feet. No, but on the track, only one foot is on the track at the same time. Yeah. And both. And, and, and sometimes when you're at a high level and you have two feet off the ground yeah. for that motor, <laughs> motor skills going. So it, you know, it just depends, but uh, we start from the bottom up and then we build the athlete from there. That's so, cool. so one question I was thinking is, so my dad, he coached my brother and my sister in soccer. And he mm. would always talk about the differences of coaching girls versus coaching boys, just in the way that you talk and the way that you interact with them. What have you learned? Um, what are some of your techniques of coaching girls versus coaching boys? Well, y'all in your feelings. So. <laughs> Truth. <laughs> <laughs> so and you know and that was and that was one of the first things uh, that I had to learn uh, to understand and uh, respect uh, the feelings and the audible feedback and the body language and uh, in studying here in the last uh, oh I'd say three years or so um, our coaching clinic that I subscribed to focused on on the girls aspect versus coaching boys. And you find that it's not only mental, but it's physical as well, um, especially when you're trying to um, develop a sprinter or a jumper, um, because girls, obviously, newsflash, are built different. So um, there's a different type of placement when you're sprinting, uh, running, and jumping. And you, met, uh, you mentioned, you notice I said sprinting, running, and jumping. So a run is not a sprint, a sprint's not a run. So there's different placements that you have to watch as far as the, the, the girls are concerned to help them avoid a, a lot of injury. Um, some of the, the girls, you know, they have uh, bad hamstrings or um, they, the, the, the heels aren't, aren't uh, ankles, I should say, aren't strong enough. Although the girls, y'all need y'all heels. I don't understand why you don't have strong ankles. You know, high heels <laughs> anyway. Uh, but uh, yeah, or you, you have shin splints and, and, and this is all resulting from foot placement. So we had to dive into that uh, to make sure that before we even put them on the track is to let them understand how the girls have to place their, their feet when they have a foot strike to start running. So that way they lessen the chances of injury. We're not gonna say what we teach prevents, but we lessen the chances of injury with just a simple knowledge of foot placement for the girls. And that's the physical part of it. Um, I've had some girls that have just been tremendously blessed 
with God-given talent. We've had some, not so much, but they all have to learn their bodies and how they can move efficiently in whatever sport that they're involved with. Then comes the knowledge part. Then comes the mental games. And let's face it, um, the girls are much more emotional. Uh, the, the fellas sometimes are more reserved. Um, so you have to understand the mentality uh, so that you can put the girls in a position where they feel good, they're looking nice with the uniforms, and more times than not, they're going to perform very well because they have that confidence. And that's the key, keeping our girls confident and moving them forward in whatever endeavor it is. Uh, for example, um, we've had um, in the past uh, an athlete um, that is probably well known here in Wichita. She's now a doctor. Uh, and But it, she started in track and she did some cheerleading. And so all those life lessons moved on to allow her to develop in, into a doctor and, and she's doing great. And then we've had police officers go through, I mean, all walks of life, uh, track go through. I had a girl like Paige, after every race, she fell out, but uh, she was an 800 runner and she would fall out and we had to go scoop her up. But we kept giving her that confidence and she kept getting going out there and, and getting after it. So it, it does make a difference as far as girls and boys, especially the mental aspect of it. Yeah, that's cool. Was that hard for you to learn, especially being like a father of sons? <laughs> yes, but I had a wife. So my, my wife, Karen, uh, she also is the uh, assistant behind me that, uh, or I should say beside me, for she's in the next room, I wanna hear that. <laughs> so, um, uh, so she, you know, she'll give me uh, some advice. And so I learned uh, from her um, an aspect of, of uh, how to, approach uh, the athletes, especially the girls, to make sure that they are uh, seen, heard, and uh, encouraged with that confidence so they can feel good about themselves going out in competition. Because the practice is one thing. We learn how to, to do all our, our skill sets and everything that we're going to use, but we have to translate and transmit that over to the track. And um, as I said, this week, it's just been brutal. The last two weeks, actually, just been brutal out there. And the mm -hmm. girls have, have done a, a great job. And, and we do have a significant number of girls on our team. Um, boy, we have uh, 65 uh, total and over half of girls. That's awesome. And yeah. starting over half of girls. I don't know where they're coming from, but they're finding us. And it's just great. Uh, we have them as, as uh, young as five and as old we have uh, uh, 19, almost 20. We have some in college that are, are running, and, and uh, so it's, it's just great. So the girls aspect have really added another dimension to our team and uh, made us uh, not only from the numbers that we have, but uh, more vis visible that uh, we're accepting, we're welcome, welcoming, we're not just uh, a team full of guys and, and no girls allowed. Girls are, are more than welcome, um, and they are the life of the, of the team, and uh, they're, they're very much well uh, doing what they do with us. And uh, we couldn't make it without them, and uh, we've got some great leaders out there, and it's good that you can step back as a coach 
and I don't have to look at the guys all the time to lead. We have plenty of our young ladies that are leading practices and leading workouts. So it's really uh, a good thing to see. That's cool. Yeah, that's super cool. So my grandpa, he uh, he ran track. He ran, He did five sports in college. He's an athlete. Um, in fact, he ran the Boston Marathon when he was 50 years old and like finished the top of his oh, age. My. <laughs> yeah, he's he's a runner. I did not get that gene. Um, <laughs> but he was, you know, he was telling me stories the other day about how he went to high school in the early 60s-ish and how they didn't have any women's sports. And, but once a year, every town, like local town, they would come together and have a girls play day. And that's what it was. And he was talking to me about how we're going to have you on. And he's like, well, I really want to know what, you know, what he has noticed, the difference in expectations of girls and their performance over the last half century. Like before they didn't really expect girls to do more. They, you know, just, Mm -hmm. just be glad that you get to participate kind of thing. So how, what have you noticed the difference in that? I've noticed high expectations. I've noticed girls that come in with a linus blanket. It's a true story. And, yeah. and I've had three, maybe four girls over those two decades, which is a pretty decent number, come in shy, reserved, and at least two of those four had, had blankets or coats over them. Would not take them off. Now, we're in summer would not take them off until they felt comfortable with the surroundings, with the coaches, with the people on the team. And after about a week, two weeks max, all that came off. They jumped in drills. They, they were more sociable. Um, so there, there's a, a level of, uh, of confidence that you see once the team is accepting, no matter what level you're on, and we set goals for our girls and, and boys, but we set goals for them, not only on the track, but off the track. And as recent as last season at Southeast, I asked well, all, all my kids to write me a letter of their goals and, and what they want. And again, I had more girls respond to that letter and requirement than the boys. Okay, fine. So now I know moving forward and I can go back and say, hey, what's going on with your goals? How far along are we with this? So not to say that the, the, the young boys aren't goal oriented because they all want to play football. You know, they're going to go to the league and they're going to do NBA and all this stuff. But the girls uh, are more, are, are more realistic in their goals. Not that the boys aren't, but the girls know there is somewhat of a ceiling and we're trying to break that ceiling because yes. there's been so many accomplishments on and off the track and allowing women to step into roles normally traditionally held for men. And we're seeing a lot more of that. So even as a broadcaster, we're seeing it. Uh, We're seeing more women in a level of management in the decision-making process. And from what the last I've been uh, noticing, uh, the pay, although it's not great, that's starting to get to where it may need, it needs to be. Uh, So there's still some, some challenges with that aspect of it. But as far as the, the goal setting and uh, the accomplishments, yeah, it, it, it takes a, a minute to get there. But the drive is there. The girls, they are aware of that. And you can tell when the girls engage with their athletic event. They want to do more. They want to know more, especially when they get to that high school age where 
Uh, they have to make that decision. Am I going to go on to college to do sports? Or am I just going to go to school to in whatever degree field I want to do? And uh, we've had some like that. And as recently on this team now, I have one girl, she's going to be a uh, senior this year. And uh, she's already asking um, and getting feedback from college coaches. And so she's wanting more information because unfortunately, um, not all the parents like me, I had to learn um, how this, all this process works. And uh, so they have to understand um, the NCAA clearinghouse uh, to get yourself on the radar. They have to understand if you're interested in the school, nine times out of 10, they won't know about you until you go to their recruiting page, on whatever sport it is and fill out that form. And then they will, you will be on their radar. And last but not least, your college testing, your SAT, the ACTs, all that stuff you have to do uh, to get your FAFSA, your form, your taxes, mm -hmm. and all these things. So now we're getting in big girl country, big boy country here. So those are the other things that we're trying to help the families and the athletes with. And for my part, I disseminate the information. I will participate when asked. If not, as I mentioned, I'm in my lane. So I'm not going to step over into a parental responsibility. There's a line from coaches to parents that you can only go in, you're a friend of the family and and you want to see that young person that you've had for maybe uh, four or five years. Um, and some of them I've had longer. That's really too long, but you know, you <laughs> want today in today's world, you want to make sure that the kids get off and have a place that they can go and feel good about. So. I think I answered your question. I went kind of long on that. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. No, it's good. Um, okay, so on that recruiting note, because that was a question I wanted to ask too, what what advice would you give for some of those athletes that are kind of getting to that point in their high school career where they're trying to decide, do I want to continue to play or run track, participate in track, play a sport? Is it worth the effort to try to get recruited? Um, any Anything like that with those questions going through their head? What is your advice uh, for, for kids in that position? Uh, my advice, uh, make sure you you stay in contact with your parents, number one, because it's going to be their pockets that you're going to be dipping into once you get accepted to college. So make sure you stay in contact with them and have uh, uh, some talks about what's happening in, um, along the process. Um, the big thing is for the kids is to number one make a decision as you mentioned do i want to go to college to just go hit the books and start a career or do i want to be engaged and involved in sports if you make a decision to be involved in store in sports that is key because you're not going to have any time for yourself mm -hmm. your sport is going to be your social life the people that are involved whether that's football basketball track whatever it is uh, lacrosse whatever it is that's going to be your community for the next four or five years. Uh, so what you need to do as an athlete, first identify uh, your college, uh, whether it's whatever level, you know, everyone wants to go D1, but D1 is not uh, Division One. Everyone is not that caliber because you decide to go D1, uh, the, the levels of, of, of requirements to reach that level are stricter or tighter. The, the, the lane is not very wide, so you have to, uh, as I say, um, get in where you can fit in, whether that is D3, um, where no scholarships, but you have the academics, 
and they do have, uh, for example, the track program. You can enroll, enroll in one of those universities. Um, there, there's the NAIA, which is separate and apart from uh, uh, Division One and the NCAA. Uh, and after that, then you can either run for a club, which have access to competition, which if you decide later to participate in college or whatever level, then you'll have video, you'll have the times necessary, and, you'll, and so you can pass that information along. But for my advice for the athletes, identify at least 10 schools. Um, and do that by getting online. It's very easy. Uh, go to your level of sport. If it's track and field, look at the times. Where do you fit in? Where is your time in your best event, your weakest event? Do I have room to fit in that program? So identify at least 10 fill out their recruitment form so they know uh, that you are looking at them and then they will put you on the radar and follow you. Now, here's another decision from the athlete. Do you want to go four year or two year? Now, I've heard arguments on both sides. Well, uh, well, I'm going to JUCO because I don't have grades. Um, I'm not smart enough. Or that's not necessarily the case in, in the decision making. Some of it may be there's a numbers game at the bigger divisions. And those coaches will say, you'll have a better chance of playing down there and you can work on grades, that was the issue, or work on skills, and then we can bring you back up. That can be tricky. If that coach is highly successful and decides to leave your program, then that commitment is gone. So there is that possibility. Let's be real about it. So um, the, the athlete has to do their homework. And then as I mentioned before, there's things that must be done before you even get to that point. Uh, if you're a high school junior, actually you should have been thinking about this as a sophomore, but if you're a junior, now is the time to do your uh, du duties in recruiting and getting your name out there to these uh, colleges uh, because there is limited amount. You have a better chance of signing unless you know a coach at that level that's going to reserve that money for you. Because by this time, um, that money's gone going into the school year. That money's no longer there. If it's there, it's very minimum. You may not be able to buy a book with the money that's left. So you're looking at a walk-on situation. And there are schools that do offer walk-ons or a preferred walk-on is what the, now I guess they're calling it. However, you must meet a standard time jump of whatever event that you're in. So that will open the door for you to walk on. And as in football, you develop, you become a mainstay, a point getter for that coach, then he may reward with a partial uh, scholarship and maybe a full scholarship if you're really that great. Uh, but there are certain standards you must, must meet and it's not easy. Uh, like I mentioned, track and field is a not easy to go in and say, hey, I want a full scholarship. You know, you look at baseball teams, hardly any baseball teams offer full rides. They've they got 45 kids on a roster and they're all partials. And with the money uh, being short around all the universities, especially if you're a non-revenue producing sport, um, the best bet for you, fill out that FAFSA form, make sure you're eligible with your classes, get the grades, because all these coaches want good students on campus. You will make your coach look fantastic. Hey, I got a three nine four zero three five kid coming on here. 
they're in, involved with JROTC and and uh, the the Mecca Decca Club and and all these other things, the chess club that will uh, make you more attractive to that coach along with your times because they don't want to get a call at three in the morning talking about Johnny and Susie at a bar being arrested and they're going to have to come down there, send a coach down there to get you out. So that's not what they want. Yeah, that's cool. That's good advice. Um, I was really lost in that process, honestly, when I had to do <laughs> like figure out what I wanted to do and Man, I, I I still to this day don't know how yeah. I did that. Well, now kids have they have social media. I mean, mm-hmm. I see I'll see on Twitter, you know, so many girls this summer saying, you know, the coaching staff at this college that I commuted to fell through. Da, da, da. I'm back, you know, I'm back on the portal. I'm back, you know, opening up my recruitment, and all these coaches mm-hmm. are connecting with these players through social media. Which we ha- don't get me wrong, I'm not that old where we didn't have social media, but like we did not use. Twitter and no. Facebook, there wasn't even Instagram yet. <laughs> um, right. To, yeah, to no. recruit, to reach out to these coaches and to like, you know, show my abilities, like these videos, these highlight reels, like it's insane. Mm. It's I'm sure it's very overwhelming and intense, but also a really cool tool to use. But oh my goodness, it's a lot. They, they can be real, they, they can be cool to use. However, some are free, some are not so free, and some are definitely not free. Um, in my case, of course, I had sons but I did use one and it wasn't so pricey. It was limited, but you can go to that premium level and that premium level can be five, 600, maybe a thousand dollars to get exposure. When, as I mentioned before, all you would have to do is go to that college recruitment page, fill out the form with your times, your name, your accolades, your community involvement, your community service, and you can save yourself hundreds of thousands of dollars just by doing that. Put your name out there. yeah, but the recruiting uh, tools that, you know, some people use them and it comes out great. They're not out of a lot of pocket change. But, you know, if you got lint in your pocket and uh, so like me, I've got some socks in my pocket. So, uh, you know, uh, the money is funny and the change is strange. You just may want to be going on that line with getting on getting online, contacting these schools directly, sending them your information. And when your season comes around, they'll check on your progress. And then you have that decision to make. Do you want to go upper level? Do you want to go mid-level? Or, or do you want to try um, a lower level? However, if you go to the lower levels, you're still going to find competition, especially on the girl side, because we have um, the international athlete mm-hmm. women that are very competitive, they are very focused, and extremely talented, as we're seeing in the World Games out in Eugene right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I have a couple more questions. Okay. I've been developing as we've talked. <laughs> so you're a coach now at, at um, Wichita Southeast and yeah. so the high school level. So you're coaching kids in through your program that you may be mm. competing against now um, in the high school <laughs> side. How's that experience been for you? Uh, it's, been, it's been an eye-opener, um, but I would say rewarding. Um, because the competition and, and, and look, you mentioned two decades, uh, mm-hmm. as a matter of fact, one of my girls, um, just, uh, graduated and she started out with us. She ran at Wichita East. And so she had to compete against my girls at Southeast <laughs> and, you know, on the field, you know, we would talk and, you know, say hi and pleasantries always, always wish them well, always 
have a smile on your face when you see them. Always be encouraging. Always give them that confidence whether they're at your school or at another school. Because the moment you don't, they will see through that. These girls, they have they have a mind of their own. And when they see something that's not real, they, then that spreads everywhere. Mm -hmm. So yep. uh, they can see right through it. And it's it's great uh, feeling because they're all individuals, no matter where they go. And I always say, like, you come over, come over to where. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but it, it's been great to see their success, and we and encourage it to be in the, be uh, participate in in whatever it is, so that uh, you can stay connected to your school, and that in, in gets family involvement and that support group that the, the girls need. And uh, it's it was great to see uh, some of the girls that come through our program um, in the summer execute and have great success. And matter of fact, the girl I was just talking about, she's going to a Division One school down in Texas. It seems oh, like Texas gets everybody, but right. um, she was that talented, and um, she's had a couple, three coaches, and I'm very fortunate to be one of them. And she's going to be great. She's going to do great. Her family's fantastic. So um, all wishing all the best for her. But it was a little weird at first. I said, oh, <laughs> hey, you're over here running. But, you know, as you in Kansas, it, it, your address plays a role. You're, you're, wherever you go to school, your district. So um, just because I'm a coach in the summer doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to be their coach uh, in high school. But, uh, yeah, we wish them all success and want to see them be the best person that they can be. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. Best of luck to her. Yeah, that's awesome. Texas but I will, I will tell you, though, um, I, I will say that um, in the summer, um, what depending on what they do, uh, does translate over into high school track, because now, just like basketball and football, uh, they go 24, uh, 24 hours, 24 seven and a year long. So track is being that uh, being put in that position as well. You know, you have your summer track, then you go right into indoor track, then you come out for your spring season. And they're all different across the country um, because of the timing of school and whatnot. But uh, they do have uh, access to all the information throughout the year now so that you can really develop yourself. As again, if I mentioned, you have to have your mind open for the possibilities, for the training, for the understanding of just depending on what event that you have. Uh, so it's turning track and field into a 24-7, 365 days a, a year uh, situation with some time off. You don't want to get uh, the girls and the boys burnt out. But it's a situation where the possibilities are there, but you got to put the work in. Without no work, there's no success. Mm -hmm. yep. As I was watching, uh, what was that? Uh, I was going through social media. Yeah, Shannon Sharp. Success, you can only find success in the, in the dictionary that doesn't require any work. It's, it's already there. But if you want success in life, you have to put the work in. Mm -hmm. I thought, that, yeah, you just got to put the work in. Absolutely. You can rely on your natural ability, but if you don't put the work in, it's only going to take you so far. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. That, that, that's where uh, the, the hard work overtakes talent. And yeah. we've had some very uh, talented girls and boys in uh, the Wichita and and around the state of Kansas uh, that have put in hard work and they're not necessarily the fastest or strongest, but they put the work in and uh, they've done quite well for themselves all across mm -hmm. the state. 
Yeah. Yeah. I know a lot of players that a coach will take the hardest working player, most coachable kid over mm-hmm. the most talented, depending on, you know, characteristics and personality and stuff, just because simply they want someone who's going to work hard because they can't exactly. they can develop the extra stuff, you know, I think it's important too, yeah so. you know i think john that i was relying on my natural ability Same. when i was running track in middle school <laughs> and what did it get me it got me second to last in every race <laughs> <laughs> what are you saying babe? well you made it up later in life i see because you're extremely right. talented now <laughs> oh thank you exactly exactly <laughs> i'm relying on other strengths now <laughs> That um, big old brain. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I have a couple more questions. So the track you have mentioned, uh, track and field is a great sport to get into if you are an athlete mm-hmm. on like playing other sports mm-hmm. as well. Um, yes. Me growing up, I was always more so introduced to the classic team sports, soccer. I played soccer, obviously, mm-hmm. um, softball, basketball. I was terrible at, but I played it. Mm-hmm. Um, what would be your plea to get kids in more involved in track? Yeah. Well, just as you mentioned, uh, do everything that you can. Uh, specializing, I think, hurts the kid. Um, the kid that only does football, the kid that only does basketball. Uh, the kid that only plays soccer, um, because all those movements require different, as they say, modalities, different mm-hmm. models of training. So if you're doing five or six other sports, and I know that drives parents crazy, but we've got some great sports moms and families and dads out there that will get little Johnny and Susie to whatever they need to get to. Um, but the more you are allowed to do, the better athlete you will be. Now we talked about specialization in just picking track, but before you get to that point where you have to choose, because in college it's very difficult to do two sports because of the time demand Mm -hmm. from coaches and that particular sport requires. Mm -hmm. So you, you, you have to sort of pick at that point, but when you're five, six, all the way through to 12, you know, you can get away with that because at our school at Southeast, you know, I've had kids, we're sharing kids with soccer, baseball, uh, uh, basketball, girls and boys, uh, bowling. I had golf. I'm sharing wow, kids that's awesome. uh, because and in, in bringing them all together uh, helps make the entire athletics program rise. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I went over there, that was one of my, my responses to a question about how do I see athletics there? And for me, it's like, well, bringing everybody together, if one sport is struggling, you get involved with track, you have a base, then they can run off to whatever sport and that would help them. So, but getting to that point from youngster all the way through the highest middle school to high school, the more sports you do, uh, the better chances you have of being able to respond to what whatever sport that you finally pick demands so that you can perform efficiently and, and uh, make an impact wherever you go. So my thing is the more sports, the better. Uh, wait before you choose. Don't go learn how to lift a house and you're nine years old and all you <laughs> want to do is play football. And so you'll be one dimensional, boy or girl. And when it's time for you to move um, and display your skills, you're not going to be as um, efficient you're not going to be able to impress someone or a coach 
that may want to offer a scholarship. Why? Well, you just specialized in one one mechanic and you're lacking, like if, you, if you're explosive, okay, you may not be able to jump high. Um, if you're able to jump high, you may not be as strong. But if you do track and field, that's a base for everything. If you do baseball, soccer, basketball, swimming, swimming especially, that will get all those body parts that you use able to respond to whatever demand your body has for that sport. And when you're able to do that and put all that together, and then you make your choice, you'll be a much better athlete. And and track coaches choose athletes because we've got the heptathlon, decathlon, multi-sports, um, and that's in very high demand, especially you know at schools like Wichita State. Um, they're very strong in multi-sports. Uh, they just don't want one person to do just one thing because as I mentioned earlier, the scholarship money is tight and the more sports or events you're able to participate in, the better you'll be for that coach because you're more versatile and that saves he or she money to go find another kid to perform a sport because you're already there. So for me, the more sports young people are involved in, the better. Yeah, it's just like in baseball or softball, you know, if you tell a coach, I only play third base. I'm not willing to go try first. I'm not willing to try to catch or go outfield. And those are very different positions. Don't get me wrong. So I understand. But when you limit yourself, you limit your ability to be on that field. So if a coach sees that you can do multiple things or you're at least willing to try to be that team player, it changes everything. It changes your, your ability to get recruited, to actually get some playing time. It's huge. Mm -hmm. It makes a huge, huge difference. And even for an example, one of the boys we had on our baseball team, um, he just went out senior year baseball. He just liked it. But for those kids that played baseball for a number of years, normally they're in club. So he didn't quite make the team as a starter. So I got a, uh, a note from the coach that says, uh, hey, let me talk about this kid. So we met and says, hey, um, he, he probably need to spend more time with you because he's just not going to crack our, our nine guy lineup. So I said, hey, that's great. The only problem with him, he ended up with a foot injury and couldn't complete the season. Oh. Great kid. Wish we had another year with him. He was one of our fastest sprinters. But unfortunately, he had an injury that prevented him from finishing out his senior year. But the point is, he did graduate. And uh, so he'll have another opportunity if he wishes. Um, but he's one of those kids that were great for our program, for especially for me and being first year there, um, that we can say, hey, this one, I, I would not have a problem writing a recommendation letter for this young man. He really uh, did uh, what he was supposed to do. He was on time. He had a good attitude, good teammate. That's all the coach can ask. Yeah, that's awesome. And wish him the best of luck and yeah. recovery as well. Oh, yeah, that's speedy tough. recovery. Hopefully um, he had one of those bunions on the bottom mm. of his foot. And, it, and the thing is, this is how tough this kid was. He didn't really tell us why he couldn't go as fast as we've seen him in the past. Oh. This kid was running up hills and, and doing hill work, and he was uh, pushing, pulling sleds and everything. And then all of a sudden, he started limping. We're going, well, what's going on? And he finally told us after almost a month that oh. he had this problem, that he had been self, yeah, he had been putting Band-Aids down there, going to the doctor oh. and whatnot, but he never told us that. Oh. But until we actually seen him limp. Yeah, no. and then we got involved. <laughs> um, so one thing I wanted to ask too before we wrap this up: How can people 
in our community support your organization and your athletes? Man, I can't tell you guys how grateful we have been, especially in the last, uh, well, since COVID. Um, we were zipping right along, um, doing the normal fundraising things. And when COVID hit, well, there was no personal contact. So we had to build our social media skills and learning to do things, as they say, uh, smarter and not harder. So fast forward here, 2022, um, we've had especially some young people that blessed us, um, their families with donations. Uh, we just wrapped up a fundraising drive, my birthday fundraising drive. Uh, felt a little bit short, but uh, we got halfway there. And uh, if anyone uh, would like to continue to, to help us out, um, now me being an older seasoned coach, in other words, old man, uh, the kids and the parents, they were saying, coach, you need to have cash out. So <laughs> we added a cash out. Um, other and we involve Facebook too, but our cash app, um, you can get a hold of us at the dollar sign and it is, um, with the dollar sign exchange zone. So that's the dollar sign, capital E, then spelled exchange, then capital Z as in zebra and O N E. And that will pop us in there. You'll see my picture there. So that's our primary, um, mode of donation through cash app and we take that 365 days a year 24 7 and we do have other fundraising drives um we just finished a great uh, uh popcorn sale and that popcorn was good i love popcorn <laughs> so we're gonna do that so we have different uh different uh, activities to raise money um, not that I'm against car washes, but we've done with my boys and, and the family, we've done so many car washes. I hate to get wet like that, you know, but the kids love it, but, uh, we're doing these other things instead. And if you want to reach out to me about, uh, possible involvement, you can reach me on email. Um, all this, all lowercase, uh, J right zero zero seven at att.net. Yeah. I'm a big James Bond fan. And I think the James Bond's going to look like me. So that may be the next big deal. There you go. So, uh, so yeah, but that's, uh, that's my email. And uh, you can find us on uh, Instagram uh, and also on Facebook, uh, Wichita Athletics LLC. And on Instagram, it's John Wright 001, uh, John Wright 01. And you can find uh, a lot of activities that uh, we post there. And just shoot me, as they say, a, a DM. Uh, direct message and we'll reach back out to you and uh, we will welcome any and all donations as I mentioned this week we're going to the Junior Olympics uh, so we we've got uh, we had 15 qualified but unfortunately uh, we're going to take 12 uh, this year but still uh, their families uh, still need assistance so uh, we we share our revenues and uh, to help every kid and every family the best way we can and so um, those are the ways that you can get a hold of us and, and donate to our program. Awesome. And anyone can participate. Do What age do you guys start for um, kids in your I, program? Actually, we start at five. Okay. And we have a couple, well, maybe five, uh, especially one or two, five, six-year-olds that, that are competing with uh, eight and under. Now, they do have division six and under, but 
we have some girls that can keep up with eight-year-olds. And uh, so it's very, very great to see the, the little ones um, get out there and, and try that. But we start as young as five and we go through college age. And now we have an open area for our over high school kids or in college. And then uh, as they grow up and they want to still be involved, there's a master's division for folks like me and you. So we can even get involved with that. So there's different levels. Everybody can get in and fit in. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, well, John, <clears throat> excuse me, John, before we go, can you yeah. give a two-minute warning? <gasps> yeah. <laughs> you now have two minutes to get to where you need to go, and I mean two minutes right now. <laughs> yes, I missed that. <laughs> I feel like every school needs that yeah. on the intercom yeah. before the bell rings. Instead two of the minutes. <laughs> you have two minutes. And you know what? I'm thinking about copywriting that. I'm just in sell that everywhere across the country. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you so yeah, much. And we wish you. you the best, too. I mean, this is thank awesome. You. And the best of luck to all your, your um, athletes as well. Yeah. And we'll well, thank you very much. And, and thanks social. for having us on. We appreciate the exposure. Appreciate your friendship and my new friend now that I have. So we'll, uh, yes. we'll move forward on this fantastic journey and see where we end. All right, thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with another exciting guest. Yes. All right, bye. 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 <laughs> <laughs>